Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, you can interrupt. Um, 18 um, through, stop at 40, after 44. So I stop, so stop at 44, but don't do 45? Correct. So 18 to 44? Correct. Okay, perfect. All right. As I, you know, slight variation on the theme, Ezekiel chapter 20, 18 to 44. Raise your hand if I This was printed before I finished my sermon. There you go. No, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning with verse 18. And I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your father, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourself with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules and keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes and were not careful to obey my rules by which if a person does them, he shall live. They profaned my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger against them in the wilderness, but I withheld my hand and acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profane in the sight of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the nations and disperse them through the countries because they had not obeyed my rules, but had rejected my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths. And their eyes were set on their father's idols. Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good and rules by which they could not have life. And I defiled them through their very gifts and their offering up all their firstborn that I might devastate them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, speak to the house of Israel and say to them, thus says the Lord God, and this also your fathers blasphemed me by dealing treacherously with me for what I brought them into the land that I swore to give them. Then wherever they saw any high hill or any leafy tree, there they offered their sacrifices and there they presented the provocation of their offering. There they sent out their pleasing aromas, and there they poured out their drink offerings. I said to them, What is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Will you defile yourselves after the man of your fathers, and go whoring after their detestable things? When you present your gifts, and offer up your children in fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols to this day. And shall I be inquired by you, O house of Israel, as I live, declares the Lord God. I will not be inquired of by you. What is in your mind shall never happen. The thought, let us be like the nations, like the tribes of the countries, and worship wood and stone. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge out the rebels from among you. And those who transgress against me, I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, go serve every one of you as idols now and hereafter, if you will not listen to me. For my holy name you shall no more profane with your gifts and your idols. For on my holy mountain 
the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God. There all the house of Israel, all of them shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will require your contributions and the choicest of your gifts with all your sacred offerings. As a pleasing aroma, I will accept you when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you've been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defiled yourselves. And you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you've committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. punctuations of grace that you find throughout. Otherwise, uh, it can be a depressing book because it is just this cycle of, of judgment and, and uh, restoration. And sometimes the, the restoration can't come soon, soon enough. And we have a few more uh, very difficult uh, chapters to go through before we uh, get to the very, very hopeful ending of Ezekiel and the, the great promise of him, of, of the Lord, uh, restoring the kingdom. Um, I wanted to read um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, because I think... Uh, we, the way we understand the Old Testament is that we understand it by uh, the fulfillment that it has in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 1, um, verse 7, I'm going to read verse 17 and 18 and 19 um, kind of speak to this. So, um, and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot who was known for before foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has been manifest in these last times for the sake of you, for the sake of believers. Again, uh, Peter speaking to a mixed congregation is almost every congregation of the New Testament was a mixed congregation of Jewish background believers and and Gentiles, and uh, 
none of the apostles, uh, uh, the, the, the great distinction of those and the great union of those is in, found in the book of Romans. But Peter, uh, it's on Peter's heart as well. And that's, uh, that's Ezekiel's purpose as God, through the Holy Spirit, moves him to recount to uh, Israel their history and what God was doing in their history. Um, this morning we, we uh, learned of the Exodus and then how God brought them out of the wilderness and how that was, a, was an example to uh, the Jewish people who were being carried into exile and it is also an example uh, to us. And uh, this cycle of uh, sinfulness uh, just repeats itself. There, it it's always uh, begins with some kind of overt idolatry that gets, as we go through the succeeding generations, they, things get progressively worse. It always uh, goes to disobedience, overt disobedience to uh, God's uh, commandments, uh, all of them. And then explicitly has been referenced over and over in this chapter, uh, the, the breaking of the Sabbath. Um, and so this cycle of, of sin uh, is um, devastating to the people of God. And God because of his desire to glorify himself, doesn't overlook it. He deals with it. And the scripture tells us again and again in this passage why he does it. He does it for his own glory, to magnify his name. The current situation in our culture, in our world, in our church, uh, is very much in, in view here. As you look at these verses, uh, the beginning of the verses that Jay read, in verses 18 to 20, they're, they are warned. Um, in verses 21 through 22, we see that they are not destroyed because, because of their sin. Um, in verses 23 uh, and 24, uh, they're, they're they're, they're not, even though they've fallen into idolatry, they're not disregarded. God is not, is not done with them. In verse 25, he talks about how they have broken God's laws and cast aside his word. And here is the escalation in verse 26. They proceeded uh, to child sacrifice. Uh, so the progression is we, we, we're, we're going further and further uh, down. We um, sometimes talk about the slippery slope, you know. I, uh, I, I reference the books I have on my shelf in my office that, uh, that predicted when they were written 25 years ago how bad things would be if things continued on their uh, present course. And I remember as a much younger pastor reading those books and thinking, this will never happen. <laughs> This, is, this will never happen. I remember as a reserve for Army chaplain, uh, 
listening to dire predictions of where things would uh, go in the military uh, and where they would end up culturally and thinking, oh, everyone's exaggerating. We're just, uh, we're not, it's not going to go uh, that far. Well, it's gone so, it's so far beyond, um, and it's beyond where uh, we can imagine we've gone from jokes about transgender being popularized on TV shows to, no, you will be dismissed from the military if you object to someone who dresses, uh, who's a man who dresses like a woman and vice versa. This is where we've come. It was a running joke on a situ situation comedy for many years, and now it's not a joke. This is, this is the instituted policy of our national uh, um, uh, defense. It's, it's, uh, it stretches the imaginations to conceive of how we got here. But when we read the book of Ezekiel, and we read about the people of God, and we see this downward spiral, um, we, we understand that it, it, is a, it is a normal progression that happens when people fall away from an understanding of God who is utterly holy and transcendent and what he expects of his people. And the essential sin in all of this, uh, the old, uh, going all the way back to the Exodus, from Egypt and bondage and their captivity from the, the idols of the Egyptians and the surrounding nations as they were led out of captivity to this time. This, the, the connecting uh, sin issue behind all of these is rebellion. Rebellion against God. That's, that's really the, the biblical definition of, of sin is rebellion against God. Um, the extent of it is um, is uh, mind-boggling. One of my professors in seminary was the late Dr. R.C. Sproul, and he he calls uh, in his writings, his lectures, he calls sin cosmic rebellion. It's not just it's just not like little uh, personality defects or problems. It's much deeper than that. It is cosmic rebellion against God's order. Sin is not a small thing. It is a huge thing, uh, and God must deal with it. And we do see that theme again and again in, in, in all of Ezekiel, and particularly these um, texts. Ezekiel had hard words. He does not mince words. I, I have intentionally dialed back, uh, giving you some of the understanding of the literal words here, because it, it's, even now, it's just, even though we have sensibilities that are used to such uh, uh, visions and uh, things, our uh, understandings in our culture, it's, it's, uh, it's much, more, it's much worse than we think it is um, in terms of the sin issues. Um, I 
computer screen that goes off if I don't keep touching it, then I get a little, don't go to the next page, so excuse me. This, we talk about the slippery slope. Some of you, some of you young people probably never heard that terminology, but you need to know what it is. The slippery slope is when you get on a, a uh, glide path uh, of rebellion and you say that it's not so bad, we won't fall any further. Um, no, we'll fall further. The slippery slope is real. When we fail to deal with the underlying sin issue initially, we will go further. Our own family of churches has been mocked because some of us have, have described the latest <coughs> movement in uh, the movement called Revoice, which is to give uh, credence to people who, who have a homosexual identity but do not practice it, we, some of us have said this is the slippery slope. And evidence that it is, is the fact that every denomination that has ever begun with that view has fallen into complete apostasy uh, away from the Lord. And it doesn't matter what the sin issue is, it's always the same. When we accommodate sin and we don't deal with it as sin, it grows. People, uh, we are in a land that is, has been traumatized in, in so many ways. Uh, we have uh, very real issues with people with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, so many of our soldiers and Sailors and airmen have come back with that, that problem from all these nefarious wars our nation has been fighting. And, and those are very real issues. But I believe we have the same, I know we have the same situation in all of culture because of rampant divorce, uh, uh, rampant um, uh, substance abuse. I, I got my... Uh, by the way, I got my uh, voter's guide. I don't know if you've gotten your voter's guide. We, got, we may not get those things. I get those things, and I pay attention to them. And if you want one, I'll get you one. But do you realize that on the ballot, does anybody even know that on the ballot of Arkansas is a, 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 a law to, the law that's going to completely legalize the use of marijuana? I thought, in Arkansas? This is where we come to. And then you know that polling shows that over 55% of people support it? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we're, we, we are on this slope that keeps uh, spiraling down. And I talked to one of our police officers about it, and he said, well, the, the corporate people want this law because so many people are moving here from other states and not, they don't like our restrictive laws. I, I was just flabbergasted. Mm -hmm. did, the heat, did the heater come on? Does anybody have the, the app? I, I'm, I know my preaching is hot. I'm, <laughs> I see some people fanning themselves. But these, be, yeah. but what this is, we are living in a culture that shows what sin does to, to, uh, to our, our persona, our well-being. Not to mention 
the eternal consequences. And this is true, what was true of ancient Israel is true now. This downward uh, spiral had come to the place in verse 26 that they were engaging in child sacrifices to the Maalik God. And if you've ever read about the Maalik God in, in the Old Testament, it was the most evil, pernicious thing where they would build a bronze statue and then they would burn their babies alive in, in hopes to appease this this wicked deity. This is like the end of the spiral and the end of, of Israel as an entity because God says, this is enough. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. God will judge wickedness. And Israel, uh, Ezekiel's message to Judah, uh, Israel had already suffered this consequence 140 years prior to this. And God's message from Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel and the, the other prophets is uh, there's more to come. But cheer up. Cheer up. Because as great as God's judgment is, His grace is much greater. His compassion is much greater. And He will redeem his people. I had to smile when I looked at this text and didn't know what the outcome of yesterday's uh, athletic contest would be. <laughs> There's that verse, Jay read it so uh, wonderfully in uh, verse 29. Uh, how do you pronounce that word? B-A-M-A? Bama. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the high place. Bama. And then it has to mention a little further in verse 38 that he's going to purge out the rebels. I'm a little worried about that. So hopefully this won't begin here. Consequences, 
of being overrun by Babylon and Egypt, God, in the midst of that trauma, promises he, they are going to return. And, and the parallel here with the, the exodus from slavery in Egypt is parallels what God promises. We're going, we're going to bring you back from exile and it ends up being Persia that overruns uh, Babylon. We're going to bring you back and you're going to be Restored. It's nothing less than the return of Israel uh, under Cyrus's decree, uh, and, late, and and the um, partial fulfillment of the Second Temple. Uh, this is what makes Ezekiel a difficult book to read because there are multiple fulfillments uh, of these prophecies, both immediately and in, in the course of forty years from the time that are uh, fifty. Years Seventy years, so he's about ten years in. This is written 591 BC, and they return in 720. So well, that's 30. Uh, get yourself a good study Bible, and you get the, the time frame. In, in a short, in, within the lifetime of some of the people living that Ezekiel writes, some of these prophecies will be fulfilled. That's what makes the Bible so stunning. And then within a few hundred years more, even more of them will be fulfilled. Um, uh, and now we see the judgments that fall on Israel and the temple in, in the Roman time, in AD 70, after the, the life and the death and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. This so there's a partial fulfillment. They're, they're going to return to the land. But if you remember Ezra and Nehemiah, you remember the people saw the rebuilt temple. They saw, they saw the things in the land and they wept because it wasn't like Solomon's temple. It didn't have the glory that it did before. And if you read on ahead, I hope you do, in, in Ezekiel, you read to the end, you see this glorious temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem. And you, and, and you know your history, even though the second temple as remodeled by Herod the Great was, was uh, magnificent, one of the seven wonders of the world, it doesn't even begin to match the glory of uh, the temple that is promised at the end of Ezekiel. Because it is a type of something far greater. And that is the temple of the living God, which is his church, which exists forever, here and in heaven forever. Um, that's where this leads, and that's where the application of, of Ezekiel should bring us again and again. There's, there. And, and, and you shall know, verse 42, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to your fathers. 
And there you shall remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defined yourself, and you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you have committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. And that's why we support Christian witness to Israel. That's why we're committed. It's a, um, you ever heard of a sucker's bet? You just know, you know you're going to win because it's rigged. Well, this is the way we should read the scriptures and understand. We should be investing in, in the uh, evangelization and the discipling of the Jewish people because we know it's going to occur because God's word has said it will occur. And the outcome according to the Apostle Paul in Romans 11, uh, 9, 10, 11, is blessed to the whole world. This is the great truth that drove the missionary endeavors of our Puritan forebears who founded this nation. They didn't get everything right, but they got the interpretation of the scripture right. We must evangelize the nations uh, we must evangelize the Jewish people who have yet to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have yet to understand that Jesus is the Messiah and He will reign forever. Our Lord uh, self-consciously taught this. If you read the Gospels in light of uh, Ezekiel's prophecies, you'll, you'll find that the uh, language of Jesus is saturated uh, with the words of Ezekiel and all the prophets, uh, either directly or indirectly. And it shouldn't surprise us because Jesus gave them the words. The pre-incarnate uh, word of God spoke his word through his prophets. Why would that surprise us at all? But uh, it's the majestic thing to turn in the Bible and read those things. Let me just read one place. Luke chapter 4 uh, verses 18 through 19 says this um, and this is this is um, a quote from Isaiah but it is equally it, the general background is, is applicable to Ezekiel's prophecy as well. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He said that uh, in Nazareth. When he went to the synagogue and he read the scriptures, as was his custom in the gathering of God's people. Um, this, this is um, what we look forward to and what our hope is as Christians. This is the blessed hope. This is the promise of salvation uh, that we have. The, the essence of what God's people are to be about is worship. And why does he set them free? He sets them free, we learn from our text, so that they might worship 
in the right place in the right way. Liberation is not for license. Liberation of God's people is so that they can worship Him. This is why we've been set free. This was the reason for the founding of this nation. Well, the driving force of the founding of the United States of America was not economic freedom, was not personal liberty. It was for the freedom of conscience to worship God according to the dictates of our conscience. And, and if you know your early American history, you know this is true. But just like the people of God of old, how soon we have gone astray from it and how quickly we turn in a different direction. But this is the message of the Bible. When Jesus met the, the woman at the well, this uh, woman from Samaria, and what, what is the issue with this woman? She, wants, she, she brings it up herself. The issue is worship. We Samaritans say you worship here, here on this mountain. You Jews say you worship over there. Jesus makes it plain that the time is coming and now it is because he's there that true worshipers are those who worship the Lord in spirit and in truth through union with Christ, through a relationship with him. We, get, we engage in missions, we engage in, in telling others about about Christ because worship doesn't exist. Our desire is not just to, to draw a crowd or, or to um, have an impact in, in culture. No, what, what we're seeking to do is bring worshipers with us to worship a holy God. And I'll close with just another New Testament reference to that, and that's Hebrews 12, verse 22. Because this is, this is the writer of Hebrews telling us where we've come to and why we're here. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gatherings and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkle of blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This is why we've come. This is why we're here, to worship. While we live on earth, to practice for what we'll do forever, which is worship with God's people before the throne of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, these uh, incredible prophecies that were fulfilled uh, by you and will be fulfilled by you. We're grateful for the hope that they give us. It's not a, a, a hope based on conjecture or, or desire on our part, but it's a hope that is promised by you to us. Strengthen our faith, having read your word and heard it applied. Equip us for every good work to be lights in a, in a dark world. We have 
loved ones, family members, friends, uh, our fellow believers, so many are suffering the trauma of this present world who desperately uh, need the message of hope in the midst of suffering. We pray that we would uh, know it, we would hold it in our hearts, and we would proclaim it boldly in our life and in our witness. And we pray for these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.